with Sean Leach, who is the Chief Product Architect at Fastly. I'm excited that Sean is joining me today because Fastly is a well-known tech company and it's really known for its content delivery network, CDN, and related technology. I'm wondering, Sean, can you just tell me more about the evolution of Fastly and what it has become as a security company? Sure. So, like you said, we started out as a really well-known and popular uh, content delivery network. We're well-known for allowing you to program the edge in that regards. Like CDNs kind of back in the day were a little bit boring in that they just kind of serve video and static content. But Fastly was really different in that we let you program the edge as well so you could move your application logic out as close to the end user and the client as possible and allow customers to do some really amazing things on top of us. With that, and because of the fact that we sat in such a privileged position in front of all of their applications, all of their APIs and their websites, they wanted to move more and more out onto our edge cloud, as we call it. So running code, doing security protection and detection, it makes a lot of sense to move it out as close to your handheld device, your laptop, the attacker themselves. So it makes a lot of sense to move that security technology and protection out at that edge. And that's really where we got our start uh, on the security side. Uh, and we just have these amazing customers who um, do such creative things with us and then they trust us so they want even more from us and so um, it was a great mix in that regards from your perspective what are the most serious security threats organizations face today i know that 2020 and 2021 has been two crazy years for threats so i'm curious where you think the most serious ones stand today yeah i mean there's the easy one i could say which is ransomware because that's everywhere and it's truly is the uh, the most uh, the most serious security threat. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of really smart people who've talked about that, that in the past. I mean, from our perspective, what we see, we see a lot of application layer security threats, meaning threats to your web applications, your APIs, your network infrastructure. And so what we've seen really take off lately um, is de uh, denial of service attacks. That's one of those threats that very cyclical where I've been in this business for over 20 years now and um, I've been part of defending against most of the big DDoS attacks of the past just part as part of my career pro, uh, path and it's always interesting in, to me to see like they're a big threat then they're not a problem anymore for a while then they're a big threat and then they're not a problem anymore for a while um, and we're starting to see them come back into the fold and become more and more um, of a threat to businesses. And they do cause such issues when resiliency is such an uptime is such a critical component of businesses these days. 20 years ago, not everybody was online. Uh, now everybody is. And with COVID, we've done three years of digital transformation in like three weeks uh, in 2020. And so now that everything's online, DDoSs are obviously a very uh, concerning co component of that. Um, application le uh, level security, when you combine things like account takeover and um, web like app and API threats, we see that really spiking up again in terms of not just the number, but of the complexity of it. And now that everything is online and everything you do from ordering food to buying a ticket to buying like 
a new pair of Yeezys or something like that online, there's just more people or more attackers trying to take advantage of all that commerce um, and functionality online. And then I'd say the third thing we've really seen spike up the last two years is more like we call it's like supply chain security, but like the all. You build an application these days and you depend on a lot of third parties to compose that application. So instead of you having to build all the functionality, you use APIs and source code from other companies as part of you building your application. Well, your security is completely dependent on the security of those third parties and that code. I mean, we saw that with some of the supply chain attacks earlier this uh, last year. This year, in terms of like compromised JavaScript libraries that people are including in their code. And so those are the big ones that we see our customers talk about the most. So related to the last question, there's many threats. And I'm really curious what the most critical gaps are in organizations' security architectures. And then off of that, are security vendors able to adequately keep up and protect their clients as the security threats continue to evolve? Are they possibly adapting more quickly than vendors can adapt? Um, I think the biggest gap that I see is not knowing the dependencies um, that they have. Like I was mentioning previously on the supply chain side, on the DDoS side, the resiliency side, out like there's secure like security threats that are um, targeted towards the dependencies of your application. Again, are cause just as much damage as their security threats targeted at your application, and the availability and the downtime of those third party. Uh, you know, components is, again, just as detrimental to the availability uh, and resilience of your application. And so I really feel like the, that's the biggest gap is that people don't realize that. And so they'd spend all of their time securing and making highly available their infrastructure of their application, but not all the things that it depends on. And so when something happens to one of those things, they're, they're surprised, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to respond. Um, and so I, that's what I talk about a lot with our customers is inventorying all of those assets, those, those dependencies, and then understanding what would happen if one of those was either compromised or down. So that's a big one. There is software that helps with a lot of those vectors these days in terms of as more of people have moved to the DevOps um, kind of mantra and, and application development um, process, what it does is it allows them to start to automate a lot of those things I just talked about. So you're, you're writing software, you check in code, and then you can automatically spin up a check for vulnerabilities in the third-party code that that's included with, bugs that you may have introduced in your own code. What are all of the dependencies of these, this code? And they can outline it for you um, so that you can start to investigate that better. There's an entire group of security products out there called attack service management. And what they do is they enumerate for you all the places, the surface area of your network and where attackers could go after that surface area just to show you so you can start to evaluate risk and protection and all that. And you can automate that now as well. And with that inventory, you can start to look at the resiliency of those um, endpoints as well. And I think to your, to your last question around are they evolving more quickly than the vendors? I mean, attackers are smart. They're developers too. They they're de they build their you know crime as a service uh, solutions just like some people build SaaS services out there, and they use DevOps and all the other kind of technologies that 
defenders are using to build applications. Um, so they're very, they're very smart. They're very creative, but I feel like there's a lot of great tools and technologies out there that give a lot of hope and, and, and tools in the tool chest for the defenders to build better software, to, to have some more secure supply chain. Um, so I, I'm, I am, I'm really bullish about the quality of some of these tools. Now it's just taking advantage of them, right? They're there. They're not useful to use them though. I know you've in implemented a research team that really works on threats at Fastly. So what are the specific areas that they focus on and how are their efforts really going to benefit the Fastly customers? Yeah. So, you know, we, like I mentioned before, we sit in this privileged position where we sit in front of some of the top web applications, APIs um, out there in terms of like, you know, number of users that use them, the prominence of them, et cetera. And so, with that, our customers expect us not just to be secure ourselves, but also to secure their applications. So there's kind of a two focus areas of security. And so the threat research team, they spend a lot of time thinking like the attacker does to try and act like the attacker to make our security products better. So they first, that, that requires them to understand the latest threats how those threats are being used and then how those threats relate to our products and our customers and our network. And we very much focus on the things that we have to focus on. So we don't like try and reverse engineer windows malware because like we're not protecting a windows machine. We're protecting web applications, APIs, and then the kind of the edge network of our platform. And so we spend a lot of time looking at the latest threats in that world really digging into them and understand how they're being used. And then we use that knowledge for a few things. One, we simulate the attacker against our products and against our um, engineering team so that they can build better protections in the products themselves. We don't want them to be surprised of some new threat, some new method that attackers are using. We want to be in kind of front of all of that and give them an advantage so they can build those protections into the product. Um, we also want to share those learnings uh, with our customers and the broader internet at large. So we learn something interesting. We write about it. I, I'm, I'm constantly pushing the research team to, to blog more um, because it's useful not just for us and the internal Fastly engineers and our customers and whatnot. It's, it's useful for the broader internet to understand what the latest tech, uh, techniques are. We don't want to just like, learn a thing and then keep it to ourselves and not tell everybody and just build it into our products. That doesn't help any, that does, that might help something short-term, but it doesn't help the broader and the large. It doesn't like make us good people. And so, you know, our roots have always been in the open source space. We built the original like Fastly on top of open source. We've always given away free CDN for open source companies. We're a huge supporter of the open source and move like movement and, and method. And so we want to open source our knowledge and our threat intel and what we learn for the internet uh, as well. As my last question for you, I want to talk about the next year or two at Fastly. You have some amazing initiatives coming up, and I'm curious if you can tell the listeners and the viewers what they are. I know that these are really critical for the market, so I'm curious what you are able to share with us right now. A few areas we're really focused on. So we acquired Signal Sciences last year. Um, and they were an unbelievable web application and API security company. They had 
their customers had such confidence in their solution that they were always running it in uh, block mode, which if you don't have block mode is the thing you need to do because if a security threat comes in, you want to block it. You don't want to just sit there and say like, hey, there was a threat that went through. You might want to go look at that later, right? You want to block it. And the only way you can put something in block mode is to feel confident that you're not going to block a legitimate user. You're going to stop a real threat and not block, uh, you know, a, 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 a legitimate user trying to use the site. We wanted, and, and with signal sciences, it previously ran in the data center. It ran in the cloud infrastructure, like in your Kubernetes clusters and whatnot. But our customers, many of them want to run security at the edge. So on our edge network, like I talked about earlier, as close to the attacker as possible. And so we're spent, we spent um, most of the time post acquisition taking their technology and running it in our edge environment. And that's uh, been a big focus area of ours. And why that's important too, is not just moving the, the security out to the edge, but it's, we want to continue to run security where our customers' applications are. So if our customers' applications in the data center, it's in the cloud only, or if it's at the edge, we want to be able to run security everywhere. And that's, that's been a big R&D kind of focus area for us. Um, I talked a little bit about the security research team. We want to continue to expand our, threat intelligence capabilities, because the more we understand about the attackers, the more we can feed that into the product to secure our customers' applications and you know everybody's better off for it. And then again, share that out to the internet at large. And then I think there's always new attack methodologies that require the same level of confidence from a protection perspective. So we... We, we pride ourselves in, sure, you could just block everything and then nothing gets through. Uh, but we want to make sure that when we do come up with these protections for these new, there's always going to be a new attack type out there, is that when we share that with our customer, when we put that in place in the security products to protect our customers, they can feel confident leaving it in block mode, like we talked about. And so, um, you know, with the proliferation of APIs and, um, you know, kind of the new application architectures we want to make sure that our security technology fits into our customer's application stack and then fits well into their DevOps, secure DevOps, DevSecOps, whatever your preferred term is in that regards. Make sure the tools fit really easy into that because that's always been Fastly's way and that's always been Signal Science's way. Well, thank you. That's an exciting couple of years coming up and for your customers and potential customers as well. So I'm excited to see it all come to life. Yeah, thanks so much for, uh, for the chat today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership.